0: Hey, this is John Tory, co-host of The Culture Classroom. And I just want to tell you a little bit about what to expect with season three coming up. First of all, Coach Weaver and I have been so grateful for the response from season one and season two. And this thing is only growing and getting momentum. And there's a lot more we can talk about when it comes to culture. Joining us in the classroom throughout this season, season three, are going to be people like Coach Adam Matheson, who's doing amazing things with the left coast offense in Washington. And then there's also going to be Coach Kurt Hines, who, if you aren't familiar with Coach Hines, go find him on Twitter. He posts things daily that talk about how you can bring your program to a championship level and build people up along the way. And don't miss Brian Kite, who will be joining us this season from the Focus 3 group, where we're going to talk about E plus R equals O, your response to an event equals the outcome. Uh, All of this coming up on Season 3 of the Culture Classroom. It's going to be bigger and better.
1: Joining us in the classroom today will be Coach Adam Matheson from Vancouver, Washington. as He talks about the to the top mantra and his left coast offense and how he's brought to the top as not just a saying in their program, but it's how they live life every day on the gridiron and off the gridiron.
0: Coach Weaver, about your culture and the to the top, because Coach Weaver's culture is to the top. Also in his program,
1: nice. A L- little different. Last year was climb, and uh, we we were climbing, and we climbed all the way to the state championship again. Lost in the state championship by six to a team that we beat forty two to twenty one in the regular season. Oh. So uh, I know. I look it. I got a pit in my stomach every time I say it. Um, Then we uh, we we were climbing, and then our head coach was like, "I'm tired of climbing." I was like, "Me too." He goes, "Well, let's go to the top," and uh, that's kind of where that comes in this year is to the top. Yes. So. Yeah, and uh, we've been
2: we've been doing it. We did it. You know, it fits me now because I'm at a school called uh, Mountain View, so it kind of fits. But you know, as a young coach, 20 some years ago, they broke down at a bigger school on to the top and. I just kind of carried it with me all the time thinking, why do we need to change every year? Like what's more important than trying to get to the top of anything you're doing Mike?" Oh, that's a great
1: idea. Plus I love your mascot, the thunder and then incorporate to the top. And it's, it's phenomenal, phenomenal coach.
2: Well, well, nothing better than having a a mascot that no one can, you know, like see or touch, you know, it can sneak up on you. and it, It took me a while to get used to that one.
1: And everybody runs. When you hear, when you see lightning, but then you hear the thunder, it scares everybody. So your mascot literally yeah, scares everybody in every storm.
2: Absolutely,
0: and you know now we we've adapted where we get to carry around cool Thor hammers and things like that. So that's kind of cool. Oh, that's even cooler. No, that's that's amazing. And uh, I was just telling Coach Weaver, um, I don't remember, if, I don't know if you remember our conversation in Des Moines about to the top and time of possession and turnovers and your three core values with trust humility and effort uh, that's what we do that's who coach weaver and i are at our uh, that's who we are at our core yeah i love it i love it no that's,
2: that's what we we try to be which i think is why it's so critical to get it out there and print and talk about it and it kind of it's a it's a framework for everything you do but to be honest it's a reminder and maybe why I don't change this, it, it's a reminder for me every day you know why do i, I do what I do you know we've got a pyramid of love prepare compete and we kind of feel if you wake up and you 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 know you, you love your neighbor and you prepare and you compete then you're going to get to the top and then we built our you know our football kind of acronyms and, and verbiage within that but no it's been uh it's probably been a staple of just who I want to be as a person and I so sort of figure well if that's the kind of coach or person I want to be that maybe we should talk about it every day
1: uh, coach, no, it's yeah. phenomenal it is uh coach just looking I know you've been, um, you're entering, what, your 11th year as the head coach of Mountain coach, View? I'll be headed into the
2: 12th year as the head coach here yeah. okay.
1: 11 down, right as well. Okay. And 13th as the AD, correct? 13th as the AD? Yeah.
2: So I was, here, I was here one year as the AD. So I've got 12 down as the AD and 11 down as a coach.
1: Yeah. And I see you have some experience also in college. Um,
2: yeah. So a couple years coaching. I was coaching quarterbacks at my uh, alma mater at two School out here in uh, the state of Washington, up kind of in the corner, and was a head coach previously at a. So I've been a head coach in Suburbia now. I've been a head coach in a one horse town and a position coach in college. And we're just blessed, to be honest. To, um, one thing, I, I hope I'll be able to do it when I get a little bit older, but I was blessed to work with older coaches that. Uh, they were really educationally based athletics and they, it was an extension of the classroom and they were great teachers and they understood the value of the game on the field and super competitive, but also just the the value and preparation, super competitive off the field, uh, wanting people to be, you know, really, prepared for life. And so to have those mentors as a young coach, hopefully someday, hopefully we run a program like that now. And then hopefully when I'm older, I'll be able to, uh, you know, come along some wily
0: assistant with some old stories from the good old days or something. (laughs) Uh, No, I think it's great. I mean, we all learn things from, it's kind of like we're football learners, you know, like I, I've written in a journal now for over a decade. And, um, when I heard you speak in Des Moines at the Glazier clinic, like I took a lot of notes on a lot of different things. And I think, that's the idea to, to blend the old with the new, to take what's been done and then make it your own and then adapt to what you want to do also as a, as a person. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and you've got to, there's so much good stuff out there, right? Whether it's genetic
2: or whether it's program building or whatnot, but to, to be able to, to pick from different people that you, you meet, whether it's local throughout the country, whether it's on a podcast, and go, you know, we can apply that. And, uh, you know, just as an example, we were, we were texting uh, the other day and talking about different helmet logos and decals and things like that, the types of core values or covenants. And um, so I brought that back to my staff, some of those ideas, and they are like, yes, yeah, we're in. You know, and so all of a sudden some random conversation in Iowa turns into Four hammers on helmet that everyone's all jacked up about. So, um, to me, that's the beauty of football. As it used to maybe twenty years ago, things were played so close to the best. And now, I think people realize that it is one amazing family of coaches, and we're trying to educate kids and trying to move our communities and cultures forward. And, and the more we share, the more uh, you know, the more you give out, the more you grow in return. I think.
1: Yeah, and that's what I think. Coach Tory and I are both we're both sharers. So I've had a coach, i put a big wide receiver drill tape together um, in Google Drive. Well, we had like 15 coaches, I think, here watching us practice. And uh, this was like two weeks together. They are watching how we do things, how we run practice, because we're, we're up tempo. So tempo, not really. We're, we're really fast. Uh, they were seeing how things operated and stuff like that. And he was like, hey, can I get those drills? And I said, sure. He's like, you don't care? I was like, coach, you got to implement them. Like, I can give you anything I have. On culture, yeah. anything on leadership, but you have to be the one to implement it. And I think you talk about 20 years ago, everybody was like, "Oh, I got this new key that's going to open up this magic box." I don't want to anybody know anything about it. Where now it's like, yes. look, anything that I have, you can have because it's been beg, borrowed, or stealed somewhere along the way. Um, Absolutely. Offensively, defensively, special teams wise, culturally, you name it, it it's been stolen from somewhere.
2: Absolutely. And you still have to package it as your own, right? And I find sometimes, yeah. typically, whether it's cultural or schematic, I'll get somewhere and I'll study it. And I might not even implement it for two years down the road until it kind of really morphs into something that I can own and is mine. Um, but, I, but I agree, it's amazing how much stuff I've sent out, kind of being on the clinics for a little bit. And then all of a sudden, people email me back like, hey, what about this tweak? Or what about that? Or hey, here's what we did. And it's like, man, that's awesome. <laughs> thanks for that um so no it's a it's a wonderful profession and obviously the culture for me you get to a point maybe schematically where you're kind of really what you are schematically but to get to your culture and to really go okay we're invested this is really what we're doing it's, it's bigger than winning games and it really is i think when you start coaching hopefully you have that perspective that it's bigger you know as, as john would takes hey, it's more than the game but I think in the back of your mind, you're like, well, if I don't win enough games, then no one's going to really care what I'm preaching about. And so you do kind of have to win in football. And uh, But to get to a point where you've been in a place long enough that you're really diving into the culture and you've got players that coached with you, you've got players that you coached 10 years ago and they're back. You know, We've got eight former players on staff now and uh, nine in-building teachers. So for us to get to a point where – people that are on our staff understand exactly what our tournament is and exactly what, you know, trust, humility, and effort is, and on offense, trust, home run, and effort, and all those things, and what love, prepare, compete is, to get to that point with what to the top is in our program. And then it starts bleeding to what you hope then is it bleeds to your school, right? And then if it bleeds to your school, it might bleed to your community, and then all of a sudden your city. And now you're making an impact, and that's
0: really the exciting part of what you hope is a well-run football program. Absolutely. Coach Weaver and I are builders. I know you're a builder also being around uh, the, the um, west coast there um, and specifically in the state of Washington. And you're doing some amazing things at Mountain View. Tell us a little bit about your left coast offense. Yeah, you know that's a that's been a twenty project as well.
2: It's kind of I mean to, to give the short version. We're a we're a gap running team that really wants to throw the ball down the field. You know, last year was probably where it really started to come together, even to its fullest. You know, we've for three thousand yards and ran for three thousand yards, and um, you know, but we'll, we we kind of feel like from the from the center one direction, we're kind of maybe wing t ish because we got a tight end in the wing, and then from the quick guard out the other direction where an old school um left west coast offense, you know, through a fun, quick game and stuff. It's also now morphed into air road with meshes and um climb routes and, and so forth like that. But in and uh just a, a myriad of, I guess, of mesh stuff and vertical you know, posted combos and so forth. So, you know, our big thing is we want people to have to defend the whole way to the field, right? The, it, we want to stretch here horizontally and then try to hit vertical seams. And, you know, our quarterback is a, a valuable part of that in the run game. And traditionally, our quarterback is a you know, 1,500 to 2,000-yard passer and then a 1,000-yard rusher. And, you know, last year, our quarterback didn't rush as much, but he threw for 3,000 yards and then ran for another 600. And the quarterback the year before that was 1,500 each. And so, you know, we really want to be able to stretch you with four vertical concepts, but then also have the eight run gaps. And, uh, you know, we do it at Temple, uh, hurry up, no huddle. But what we love about it is, Um, It can morph to the talent. You know, if you have to shrink back to kind of gap-wing team type stuff, that's great. If you want to expand it into empty sets and spread sets, then you can do that. We feel like we've struck a great balance. And and one thing I like about it is when you go on the clinic circuit, you know, you can talk to our four guys about pass progression, and you can also talk to, you know, triple option teams about down blocking and so forth. So we feel like we've tried to marry the best of everything that I didn't want to defend. You know, And I start thinking about (laughs) defending a team that could run air raid concepts, run wing key concepts and play with tempo um, and jump in and out of personnel groups. Um, and as a defensive guy that's why I didn't want to defend. So
1: we've spent twenty years trying to create that. Well coach, we're we're like that too when you talk about spread. Um, but remember the old Baylor when Art Rouse was there, how wide the receivers were like two feet from the sideline yep. and that's exactly yep. how we are. So I get with you're going with that. Like that's that's been advantageous for us because we're stretching the defense so far. are, are you going to play inside the box? Or are you going to play us outside and commit to defending our vertical game? Well, then if yes. you commit to that, then you know, you're know you going to leave a five-man box or a six-man box, but on how you, you play that. So it's yep. been working out for us. And then we go up-tempo, so we're hurry-up, no huddle. And the new federation rule, I think, that went to a 40-second clock, it's going to yes. help us yep. even more. You just got to wait on those referees to set that ball and get out of the way. Uh, a, Absolutely. You, know, you know, we average 42 points to, a game. So. And to be
2: able to force them into stopping, you know, on our strong side with, you know, our buck sweep stuff and power reads and things mm-hmm. like that, to force them into defending that strong side, all those extra, you know, a corner taking on a guard or something. Um and then get that apex player out of the box on the weak side so you can run simple plays like QB lead and QB bellies and speed options and stuff. And so, and then having really big, one thing we borrowed from the, I don't know if Browse was like this, uh, we sent this past game quite a bit, but we went into the Mike Leach team with massive line splits. Yes. And so, whether you know, we're three, four, five foot splits, um, which, you know, it helps our, our sort of quarterback see that yep. also gives us great, great run lanes and, and keeps the dangerous guys away from the quarterback. And so we've had a ton of success with really big, line splits.
1: Yeah, that's what we do. And uh, we actually even do it in punt. So you can, I mean, we can do so yes. much out of our punt formation now with that, uh, with wide splits and stretching the defense. And I mean, there was one team we played this year. They were so worried about our, our passing game that they forgot to stop the run. And we were at 35 nothing at halftime. And I was like, this is great. And our, our receivers are like, coach, they're all over us. I was like, yeah, but there's nobody in the box. So that's why we're going to run the ball. And uh, then they condensed the box and then we were wide open to catch some passes. So it was, it was great. Um, coach, I got to ask you, I got to ask you, we're, I'm helping out a bunch of coaches and so is coach Tory, with identifying your culture. And I think it's important that you start out with core values and that's the, that's the, the heart values, the benchmarks of every program and it kind of, if somebody were to come in and say, "Hey, tell me about MRA football," you can give them your core values, and that's your, you know, who you, your kids know you are. Uh, people who know your program, or even if they don't know your program, they know where you are. So, what about your core values, and then the phases that they go through? Uh, can you talk a little bit about that on how that's formed? Yeah.
2: So you know, and, and we so we use a couple of different things. I'll get to it. You know, values for us ties a little bit to what Co- Coach Troy and I talked about with our trust and humility and effort. When we talk about our program at the biggest level, we just started using the word covenants. You know, and a covenant's a big deal, Rob. Right? That's mm-hmm. a binding a relationship rather than just something you're aspiring to being. And so, our, our program covenants, our, our non-negotiable covenants. Um, we've got a pyramid, and it's love, prepare, compete. And the bottom of the pyramid is love. And the middle is prepare, and the top is to compete. And you know, the big thing was that's when I went back to coaching in high school. It was what makes me me, and why do I do what I do? And it was, you know, I love the game of football, but I love investing in the kids. You know, at the college level, to be honest, it, it is much more of a business. And high school football, it's still an extension of the classroom. It's loving the kids, and you know, you go back through. You know, the the old phrase, uh, you know, it's my job to love the kids, it's kids' job to love each other, right? And and we we believe that from season of life a little bit. And um, you go, so if we wake up every day and we convince our kids to be bigger than themselves, right, that they can love their teammates, then we're on to something. And and if we can teach them how to prepare, which for us is hard work, attention to detail, studying the scouting report, things like that, study it, getting done with the, the the chemistry material for the test on Wednesday rather than on Friday morning before the test, but if you get done on Wednesday and then study your notes on Thursday before the test on Friday, then you're ahead. And then competition takes care of itself. But I think so many people, they'll say I'm a competitive person, they flip the pyramid and the scoreboard dictates the result. They focus on that competition piece that I win or lose on the scoreboard. And for us, if we can love one another and we can prepare and the competition takes care of itself. And, and what you hope with your core covenants or your core values is that an opponent can come to your practice or they can come to your game and they're going to see those values without even knowing what they are. Like we'll invite people to our practice and go, hey, what do you think we stand for? And they go, man, you guys, yes, you look like you like hanging out together. You look like you're having fun. You know, to me, those are descriptors of loving one another. Right? We're working hard. People are held accountable. Right? Like if we're going to run a drill and we're going to finish through the end zone, then we're going to finish through the end zone and, and we're going to hold each other accountable. And that's going to look a certain way. Um, and we're going to be super organized and super prepared. And if you watch to the play, then you've got to beat us. We're not going to make mistakes. And, and we're going to, um, if we're supposed to line up uh, in, in a six eye technique with our inside eye on, on the tight end, then we're not going to line up, you know, head up or, or head up or slightly outside or, or eight inches inside. We're going to line up six inches inside. We're going to line up eye to eye. Our backers' toes are supposed to be at five yards. He's not going to be at five and a half or four and a half. He's going to have his toes at five yards. And, and to me, you can, and then you compete like crazy and you celebrate your opponent and you thank the officials. And to me, when you come watch us practice, which we've had, we've had teams come watch us practice, and it's evident that you can pick out, love, prepare, and compete by watching the way our kids interact with each other, the way the coaches interact with the kids and each other and then you'll see the preparation piece and then you'll see that we enjoy competition for what it just teaches us about ourselves right whether we've had we've all had those games or maybe on the only one but we've won games you know 60 to zero, and we didn't compete very well and then we've lost games we had a game playoff game a couple of years ago where we lost 21 to zero and it might have been the best game we've ever played the team had set the state record in scoring and um, they had punted five times all year and we made them punt six times And uh, super proud of the kids. And you go, we can walk off the field when we competed our tails off. We loved one another. We prepared. And and the chips didn't fall our way, but that's okay. And so to me, having that permeate through your whole program, um, now you're building lifelong lessons. And and now football is a tool, right? It's not just you're not just out there playing games, but it's a tool. And so for us, that's our covenants. Um, And and if we do those things on a daily basis, then we think we're going to get to the top
0: in life.
1: Fantastic,
0: I, coach. I, I, love, I love how you call them covenants, coach. Um, we call them principles in our program, core values. You know, I refer to those in yep. my book, but covenants, you're right. I mean, biblical that has like a biblical sense to it where it's binding. There's no getting out of it. So yep. I love that, just that framework right there to go into it with. Um, tell me about your position groups, offensive, defensive, special teams. You have, specific things that you're looking for in standout plays or players in those three phases of the game. Talk about that. Please. Yeah, absolutely. So we've got, you know, in
2: that part kind of, so we've been, we've been, you know, had our pyramid, our love, prepare, compete, and our to the top. And, and then it's kind of like, okay, we've got to, we've got to kind of develop some families within some families. So we started analyzing um, to the top a little bit. And I got a couple right-hand coaches, you know, I think every head coach is only as good as um, his staff. And I've got some, unbelievable right-hand, left-hand coaches, and we started looking at to the top and going, okay, what matters to us, you know, football-wise? And we took the two, the T.O., and the T.O. and two um, stands for turnovers. You know, the the number one thing we focus on as a staff is turnovers. Whether we have 500 yards of offense or give up 500 yards of offense, the number one stat we feel like is turnovers. And then when you look at top, um, we turn that total offensive possessions which really is another way of saying if you win a turnover battle, right? I mean, if you have eight possessions in a game and you score 50% of the time and you have six possessions in a game and you score 50% of the time, then obviously you just scored four touchdowns instead of you know three touchdowns. And so we started there with, hey, turnovers and total offensive possessions is really the framework of our football stuff. And then we took the the and said, what do we want a to-the-top Mountain View football player to look like? And these are some of those values. And we said... Trust, humility, and effort, right? And we want to be able to grade those literally, like, you know, I trust you at, at an eight, you know, and I trust you at a ten, or I trust you at a one, and that's factual, right? Um, and effort, same thing. You give ten effort, or you give two effort, and that can be that can come out in the classroom, that can come out in the weight room, that can come out in lots of you know different areas. That can come out in your overall attendance at school. But we talk about trust, humility, and effort, and then. The H is the, the indicator that in our three, our special teams, our offense, and our defense that changes. Um, you know, the H in offense stands for home run. Like we want offensive players that we trust, give great effort, and have home run potential. And if you grade out, and, and we trust you at a ten, and you give eight effort, and you, you're a home run player at a seven, then that grades out pretty high, right? 10, 8, and seven adds up to twenty five on a scale of thirty. And if you're getting to 27, 28 points, you're probably an all-league, all-state player. If you're 21 or more points, um, you know, then you're a varsity Friday night contributor. So the flip side of that is, if you're, if we trust you at a, at a nine and, and you give nine effort, you're already at 18 and you have no home run ability, then you're probably a really, really good JV player. You know, so you hope that you have some home run players on offense. We want big plays, right? Data says if you win over, the, if you win the turnover battle and you win the big play battle. Then you're going to be successful. And so on offense, that stands for home run. Uh, again on team, it stands for humility. And then on defense, it still comes down to a game of contact. So on defense, we want players we can trust. We want players that give great effort. And then we want hitters, guys that understand their leverage points, that are okay striking. You know, that can uh, sink and, and get shoulder pad contact, and are okay, you know, laying themselves out there to make tackles. And then on on special teams, um, we went with heart and for us, it was, I mean, there's a guy I played with he's in college. He's now the head coach of the Hamilton Tiger Cats. And he was a senior All-American for us. And I, I was a freshman. And I remember mid-season, um, him, we were struggling on special teams a little bit. And he basically demanded that of our Hall of Fame coach uh, in college. Like, I want to be on kickoff team. And here you've got a multi-year All-American, best defensive back in the country. Ended up being the college player of the year on defense that year for small college. And he wanted to be on kickoff team because he had that much heart. He cared that much. Um, and so, for us, that's the part where we want to honor those kids that are passionate about the program. They're passionate about the team. Um, they do give great effort, and you trust them, and you want to get those kids involved on special teams. And so, that kind of so now all of a sudden, to the top, love, prepare, compete, turnovers, offensive possessions, trust, effort, humility, home run that defined our program. And so, now a player that played with us 10 years ago and a player that played with us 10 years from now. They're going to have this common link of love, prepare, compete, and to the top. Um, and I'm all for themes. I mean, themes are fine every year, you know, brick by brick, one year, finish the next year, and so forth. But I think those become um, those become just for that year. And what we wanted to do was create a program in suburbia that could link the past to its future from its present. Um, and to me, now you're really making an impact on young people.
1: Because that I I'm wild. Yeah. I am, yeah. I'm I'm sitting here jotting down notes. Um, I'm, <laughs> I mean, this is this is amazing. It's giving me a whole new level of what our to the top means. And you talk about those heart players. Well, we have a guy, and uh, we looked at our kickoff return team, and we see that as an extension of our offense. You know, I think every coach yep. in America does. You know, where you where you are on your first possession uh, is huge, and where you get the ball. And uh, we have three of our offensive starters that are receivers on the front line, on the front line of the kickoff return team. Uh, and one of them is a, is a Colorado commit. And he's like, coach, put me there, put me right here on the front yes. line. So I can make that block for our returners that are back there. So put me on the 47 and let me be one of those guys. So I think that speaks. Yes. that's, that's one of our main guys. He's a team captain as a junior voted by his peers. Uh, he yes. has a Colorado D one commit uh, and he's willing to sacrifice so that looks, yes. that's what it looks like inside of our program. So you talked about when people come and watch your practice and stuff like that. Uh, that's the kind of the sense we got from those coaches. So we clinic with them after they watched us and, hey, give, give us some feedback. And, you know, the good, the bad, the ugly. What did yes. what you, you see? And I said, Coach, your guys fly around the football and compete and they have fun. And that's, mm-hmm. for me, I'm like, wow. You know, and I told Coach Davis, our head coach, I said, that's what you want. You want guys that are competing, right. but it's, it's fun where they get to go to practice instead of they have to go to practice, and yep. uh, that's what we see in our program, Coach. What what you're doing at Mountain View? I was like, look, if you even have a spot on like a JV staff or something, uh, and I and I get tired. And wanna to move to where it's cooler temperatures instead of I'm tired of being in the hot, hot sun. Hey,
2: we'll get you we'll get you out on the river, even if it's ninety-five, we'll get you out on the river. It's about ten minutes from the school and you'll be cooled down
1: in a hurry. That'll work. You know, this is this ninety-eight degree heat in the in the you know, I'm a ball headed guy now, so it's hot. And uh, that devil's <laughs> tap dancing on my head at ninety-eight degrees. So, uh, you know, Washington is, you know, I, I kinda like that. Um the farthest you know, west if, I've been is Salt I'll
2: Lake. To be honest, so. so. we've we got very good uh, – it's different, right? Everything's different, how much you know? passionate people are about football or whatnot. But as I travel around, Washington has some wonderful football programs, some great coaches, and people that I truly believe, um, for the most part, keep it in perspective of what we're really trying to do. You know, We, we, we want to prepare. We want to be the very best football coach that we can be. But really because when you do that, then your kids – see what that looks like. Right. I mean, they see the detail we put into a scouting report and then they understand what hard work is. And then you take a timeout on the goal line and use the scouting report to win the play, you know, then they're hooked and then they'll understand when they're 30, 35 years old that, Oh, I've got this big pitch for Microsoft, uh, you know, or or Nike or Adidas or something like that. Some of these places that are headquartered out here and they're working for them and they're going to understand the value of preparing. So when that moment comes for them to give their very best, they will have hopefully learned it from their coaching staff and practiced it as a young, um, you know, young student athlete on the field. And now they're going to make that pitch, and, and they won't be nervous, they won't be anxious, but they're going to be ready to attack it. And, and to me, that's if we can do that in, in that pyramid and in those core values and covenants lead to that, then you hope you get that text message or that phone call at 35 years old that says, "Hey, coach, I get it, man, I get it. Maybe we maybe we lost that state championship game." But I understand the big picture
1: now. Yeah, that's so hard but, for those guys to understand at this age, being teenagers, the big picture. Um, yes. But that's, that's so true. I mean, I get text messages from guys that are, you know, five years removed from our program. I and mean, I've been this starting my ninth year. And they're like, Coach, I, I get what you meant when we were playing Magnolia Heights and we should have won by a larger margin and we just skirted by. And I see what you yes. mean by taking care of business and we were prepared we were preparing not just for that game but you're preparing us for life so i see i I totally get it
2: and it's intentional i I mean that's the thing that it's 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 intentional it doesn't just happen you know when i i heard long long ago that you know culture happens like it's going to happen so if you do nothing you're going to develop a certain type of culture and you can take it for chance or you could be diligent and meet as a staff and, and network. And, you know, it amazes me how many people study the schematics of football, um, but don't study that culture piece. Cause I feel like that, that is what allows you to be successful and make a lasting impact for a long
0: time. For sure. And I, I think as coaches and as leaders, it's our job to never stop learning ourselves to yes. model that for those kids. Because then as they age, they'll have a whole different perspective or just jumpstart the process earlier uh, because they've seen it and what it looks like. And a great example of that, Coach Matheson, was this spring when you're talking at the Glazier Clinic and we talked about home run players and we talked about hitters, but you didn't really have anything for – special teams. And one of the best things that I like as a thought leader, or what I consider myself to be a thought leader is I want to plant seeds. That's why we do this podcast a little bit. That's why I have my book, but ultimately I just want to connect with people and watch them take it and run with it. And so back early, early in the summer, when you text me and you said, Hey, i got the perfect thing. We're going to be special teams It's going to be heart from now on. Mm -hmm. Like I, I got that. I got that. I text you back proud of you. And Uh, That stays with me for a long time. Like, that's going to elevate your program to really be a three-phase program all the time. It's going to take it to another level, and it's because you were intentional about our conversation we had back in the spring. Yeah, no, great point. And those are things that you you don't necessarily always recognize or
2: appreciate those moments. Like, as a coach, we always think about teachable moments, right? Like, here's a moment, here's a teachable moment. I can handle it this way or that way, and it's a teachable moment. And you go as adults in the clinic world or whatnot— I mean, I'm forever indebted that, you know, that coach approached me and, and said, hey, tell me what this to the top is, and then was brave enough at the end to go, hey, I challenge you to, to do this. And so, you know, we've kept we've kind of been DMing each other, and all of a sudden we're talking about, you know, we haven't been a huge helmet sticker team. Like, we've got our logo on there, and that's it. And now all of a sudden you go, we're going to move to four hammers, um, on the back of our helmets, for you know things that our kids do on offense, defense, special teams, in the classroom, they tie tied directly to those covenants. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, our coaches create them, and I mean, you show love. At, I mean, it can be time. You show love at practice, and you, know, you high five some freshman or something like that. Like, we're going to jot stuff down, and so we're kind of making our script on it. But you go, our kids are going to be fired up with Thor hammers all over the place, and you go, that came from that was not the intent of the conference. You know, I went to the conference to speak about offense and, and I left and the most valuable thing I got uh, in a roundabout way became a covenant or a value for special teams and the fact that our kids are and coaches are fired up that we're going to have, you know, four hammers on our helmet all of a sudden.
1: <laughs> well, Coach, going but, back going back real quick, um, when you said the coaches that spend a lot of time with X's and O's and, and not, a lot, not a lot of time in the culture is, you know, if, if you just let it be stagnant and nothing happens, then nothing happens. And I think yes. that's what happens with coaches that are so worried about schematics. Well, in all honesty, nothing's really changed schematically ever. I mean, it's whoever has a pen last in a meeting. Uh, if you do yeah. this, I can do this. If you do this, I can do this. I think what your kids see more is who you are as a program. So to those coaches that yes. really spend more time on the, in the chalkboard and in, you know, X and O labs and all that stuff, uh, with your culture, you know, if nothing happens, nothing happens. Uh, so it's in, you, you have to be intentional with where are you putting your time. Uh, and for us, we, we started this summer speaking series with our guys. Uh, it our second year. We started Leadership Academy um, and getting stuff going. But uh, I, I'm challenging coaches on our staff, hey, branch out and not don't, just talk to your position all the time. Like I'll hang out with the receivers. Yeah. And then I'll go speak to some of the linemen, hey, how's practice today for you? Go to some of the linebackers, um, you know, ham it up with our quarterback some. Uh, you know, in, I think it's intentional for your coaches to go and say, hey, I, I don't coach you every play, but I know that you're an important part of our program, and I'm going to seek you out and see how your day is going as well. Uh, so that's one. I coaching, and you hit it on the head there, Coach, because to me, like, that's the pyramid with love on the bottom.
2: It's like, that drives everything, right? So if we're doing stretching in practice, well, stretching is stretching, but what can you be doing there? Like as a coach, well, that's when I can love kids, you know? So we're going around and you're you're high-fiving, you're asking about school, you're asking about mom, you're trying to meet different kids and stuff. And so to me, when you've got core covenants, core values, things like that that drive, that aren't even necessarily football related, right? Like love, prepare, compete is football related, but it's really life related. then that sets up how you do practice. That's how you do the weight room. That's how you talk to parents. Um, That's how you do everything. And and to me, that's so intentional because now you're processing in practice, not just like, hey, we're doing punt team right now and we're doing stretching. Well, then what's the rest of the staff doing? Like, you know, a couple guys are teaching the punt and a couple guys are leading the stretching. What are the other 10 guys doing? And are you really intentional about those things? Um, and it's hard. You've got like, because you'll get as adult, you'll start talking. Hey, this happened at school today, or whatnot. But to go, we are here to invest in our kids. And what does it look like? What's it look like to love our kids? Well, to be present, to be engaged, to encourage, to hold accountable. Right? That's what it looks like to to really love those kids. Yeah, it's amazing.
1: Yeah, Coach, this is. Um, I'll tell you, I've. My, my notebook's full over here, even though we're recording. My notebook is full of stuff and, and what you just said, like what are you doing uh, during stretch line? So I'll, I'll tell you this. I go and watch the Saints play a lot. And when they play, I like watching pregame and how coaches interact and all that stuff. And I noticed something that um, a lot of the coaches do, and this is the NFL, while they're stretching, they're walking by every player and telling them best of luck You know, kick butt tonight, something. But it's a little saying to that player, not rah-rah, but just going up to them while they're stretching, look them in the eye, and tell them, best of luck, you're prepared, Uh, you've done enough this week, something like that. And they do that in the NFL, and I took that back. So this is like the fourth year I've done this, of going up to every player while they're stretching during pregame. So now i got to find a way for myself to do it at practice, um, you know, we, we do a little fast practice, fast stretch, you know, dynamic flexibility. We don't really, yep. that, so yep. I, now I just kind of meander through like a snake and be like, Hey, good luck. blah Bye. Blah, blah." Hey, let's do this today. Make sure you got this. Hey, and like yesterday we went to a Geyser falls, which is awesome. It's a water park. And, um, yes. just had some guys and, and talked about, you know, what was the best slide that you went on? You know, how much fun did you have on lazy river or yada, yada, yada. Yep stuff like that. So I think it's important that coaches that are listening that yes, it's football and and that's what we're here to do. And that's, you know, um, they, they, they hire us to coach football, but how are you investing in kids? What are the conversations that you're having? Um, are you asking them about, Hey, how's the Eagle Scout thing going? How close are you to that? Um, what are some things that you've done over the summer? Just really investing in kids. I think it's where it's going. Uh, because twenty yep. years ago, I didn't even know my head football coach had a first name.
2: <laughs> you uh-huh.
1: know, I was like, I just call him Coach Morgan. Well, now my kids, you know, they have nicknames for each other. They call me like they don't even call me Coach Weaver. They call me Pilot, and I I could care yep. less. I'm not hung up on that. So I think for coaches, they need to, you know, I guess you know untuck your shirt a little bit and enjoy the fact that you're getting paid to go and have fun with kids and play football, and coach mm-hmm. football. I mean, I, I mean, I walked out the other day, and I was like, this is my job. This yeah. is my job. Yep. I get to go and throw the football around the kids? I get to throw a football to kids during drills? Are you kidding me? So yes. it, it's just your perspective on how you look at it, I think, has to change for coaches. Like, man, this is hot. It's all this. And, you know, I, I complain about it, it's hot all the time. Well, I, I live in the South. Guess what? Get used to it. But I get to invest yes. in kids every day.
2: Yes. But you know the the piece of the piece of intentionality, right? Like we moved, like we think that We get right into practice. Like we're in the practice, we might do a special team like right? the rest of the team's doing dynamic at some point or whatever for five minutes. But but we started doing yoga for ten to twelve minutes at the end of practice. You do the research on yoga, there's some positive, etc. And I'm not a strength and conditioning guru by any stretch, but enough to see some value. But where I saw the real value was twelve minutes where we yeah. could walk lines and pat people on the head. You know, kind of kick them slightly on the foot and go, Hey, good job today, Johnny. Hey, because that might be the only, like, but unfortunately, that might be the only positive interaction they have all day with somebody, mm-hmm. right? Their life at home or whatnot. That might be that interaction. So, we specifically said, Well, stretching's kind of out, but let's do yoga at the end because we can touch base with our kids. You know, and that's, I got hooked up with the, the three dimensional coaching folks, and they talk about coaching in the first dimension is yeah. the fundamentals, and 70% of us spend all this time in the first dimension. But, man, you you hook a kid's heart. Uh, you cook. It, you hook their heart. Uh, you hook their mind, man. You are going to win a lot of football games, and your program's going to build, and your culture's going to be healthy, and you're going to make an impact. And, and, we, and you know that, right? I mean, you do all those things. You're going to win enough games, but it really means you don't have to focus on that stuff if you just focus on those second and third dimensions of loving kids that maybe 20 years ago you didn't have to do. I mean, I know as a player, I just showed up, and if my coach said, "Run 40 40s." I ran 40 40s. If he said, you know, bear crawl, I bear crawled. If he said practice and tackle for two hours, you tack- up for two hours That's right. um, but but nowadays you know that interaction or that yoga time with that kid where I can pat um, that kid on the head who I maybe know he has a tough home life um, that keeps bringing him back day after day after day even though he's the you know fifth string wide
1: receiver um, and knows he may never touch a varsity field he's gonna keep coming back because the investment you make in him That's right. Uh, I, t- I see that with when I was a head junior high coach our our investment with our guys I told our I told our coach like look schemes are schemes and we're going to run with the high school runs, and we're going to have a few wrinkles. I said, well, I want you to level on these kids, and uh, that's going to take us farther. So we played uh, Jackson Prep, the team that beat us in the state championship uh, this past year. We played them in junior high. Well, they hadn't lost a junior high game in eight years. And we went to that game, went to their place, and I, I told our coach, I said, look, no matter what happens, and it was our first game of the season, I said, guys, just give it your best. And I told our guys, you've done enough, you've prepared enough, You've had enough time in the summer. We've spent enough time with you, but you're prepared um, and you have what it takes. So then we move forward and we beat them 10-0. And yes, we ran some schemes wrong. We, we ran midline and the quarterback went through the wrong hole, but that was the only one that was open. And he scored yes. a touchdown. And you know, and I said, look, and our coach was like, well, that was, you know, he didn't run the right route. I said, coach, we love our kids. We've, we've invested in them. We told them. You know you've done everything you're supposed to do, and you're prepared for this game. Now the outcome is what you put in to these next. Um, I think it's eight minutes, so 24 or whatever it is, 32 yes. minutes left of this game, and they did it, and it was the most joyous thing to see those kids uh, just see the that what happened in the summer. I mean, we took them on trips, we played laser tag, we truly invested in the individual and captured the heart, yes. and they won. Now, I don't want to get coaches. I don't want coaches to get the misconception. Hey, go play laser tag, and bring them to geyser falls and water parks and all that stuff and paintball, and we're going to win. No, you're just going to capture the heart. So when it comes to tough times in a game, that kid knows. Hey, that coach know he's committed to me more as a person, and I don't want to let him down. I think that's what Is, it turns out to.
0: And coach,
2: that's the pre- that's why for us the preparations in the middle of the pyramid, right? It's hard to eat a hamburger without you know something in the middle. From that standpoint, so the preparation you cannot get away from it. But I mean, whether it's laser tag or whether it's you know my wife showing up at the in the middle of practice and handing out popsicles for five minutes, um, you know eating a popsicle yeah. and then going back to practice. That relationship, or, or one thing we're challenging our coaches to do. I did it last last year, um, and it worked really well. I mean, it's it's easy to say good job Johnny when you pass him at practice or in the weight room but i started i had the at the booster club make uh make some postcards and i would just write like johnny you did a great job in the weight room the other day keep it up and i would mail it to his house what's amazing what happens when mom gets that postcard and goes hey johnny what's with this you know oh, that's from coach right because now now i've hooked mom too now mom's like this is different and so you know now one thing we're going to look at is our position coaches rather than always just saying great job to the face. And the kids are like, yeah, cool. Awesome. Coach likes me, whatever. Thanks. Now we're going to, you know, now you send that home and maybe all of a sudden the the parents even see a small glimpse of how we're investing in the kids. And those are all intentional program pieces that pay off when it's tied 21, you know, try to 21 in the fourth quarter with three minutes to go. That's where that laser tag might help you. It really might. That's where that popsicle might've helped you making sure that you still prepared the very best that you could
0: that's where you take a JV player according to your evaluation cycle and you elevate him to a varsity contributor because the guys are false trip or, you know, yes. hand popsicle or even just a pat on the helmet saying, dude, you had a great practice today. Like those little things are building trust along the way. So Absolutely. as players stay with your program, maybe they start out as a two as far as you can trust them or not. And then, by the time they're a junior or senior, that's elevated into a seven, eight, nine, maybe even a ten, where they're fully invested, and it's because of those little interactions over many years, and then, um, yeah, just that relationship. That it all comes back to the relationship. But as those experiences happen, the trust should build also. Yeah, one hundred percent, coach. And
2: if if you trust them at ten and they give ten efforts, they're at twenty. They've only got to be a four or five hitter to all of a sudden, you know, a four or five home run guy or whatever, to all of a sudden be I mean, a 24 or 25. How do you not put a 24 or 25 on the field? <laughs> That's true. And, and, right? and you I can't get a home run. I could have a home run guy who's at 10. And if I trust him at two and he gives two effort, he's only at 14. I'm going to play a
0: 25 over a 14. Wow. And the, and the hardest part about high school football is we get who we get. We can only yeah. improve physical attributes of an athlete so much. Uh, with mm-hmm. our strength of conditioning and with different drills and programs that we do but we can build trust all the time absolutely coach I had a kid
2: a few years ago we ended up being the player of the year in the conference he transferred to us from a, another school t- tougher life didn't have you know family had been they did a nice job in the newspaper writing an article about the young man his dad had been in prison and he lived with different family members and he came to us um, with a GPA that was, was not high and um i said look here's he really wanted to play quarterback and the first year i had him i had him play a different position and it, it just factually speaking like to play quarterback for us we've got to have high trust and all these types of things and so his senior year he really wanted to play quarterback and i said look here's the deal if you get a three-point gpa and don't miss any weight training sessions which we don't like we don't put all those restrictions on people traditionally but i, I said look if you get a 3.0 gpa and you make every weight room session and you don't miss class, et cetera, then I'll let you try. I'll let you be in the mix for quarterback. Like you're not even the quarterback, I'll let you be in the mix for it. All of a sudden, wow. the kid gets it. And what I said was look, if you don't miss a weight training session, your teammates are going to trust you. If you get a three point GPA, then I'm going to trust you. <laughs> huh. Right? And I know you're going to have to show great effort just to do those things. Well, he ends up getting a 3.3 GPA ends up being the starting quarterback, ends up being the player of the year, throws for fifteen hundred yards, runs for fifteen hundred yards, and then has the opportunity to go to junior college to play football and, and write his transcript and those kinds of things. And you go, because if you do those two things, your teammates will trust you, your coach will trust you. And then you have this natural athletic ability anyway. And all of a sudden it was like, yeah, it's in them. Like he was a three point free student. He hang out, he came out of my office every day and ate lunch, studied in my office. Um and it was amazing to see the transformation. I mean, teachers within two, three, four, or five weeks were emailing going, what is going on with this kid? <laughs> and it was That's like, awesome. well, here's the standard, son. This is what we're going on. All of a sudden he said, okay, I know the standard of this program. This is what we're going to do. And sure enough, his teammates trusted him. His coaches trusted him. Um, he put the effort in. And next thing you know, he's the player of the year. Well.
0: I, I just read a John Maxwell book about that, by the way, and one of the lines in it was, if you get the right people in the right spots, you barely have to manage. They just yes. take everything, in the line, takes care of itself. I'm thinking of a situation last year we had. Uh, we had a 350-pound center. Dude was a hoss, started as a sophomore, but he, you know, now he's a senior, and uh, in a weak senior class as far as numbers and leadership. And we're at a critical moment of a game last year. and we haven't faked punt in the seven years that I've been here. We, we never do that. It's not on film because we've never done it. And uh, we get in the fourth and two situation in the fourth quarter last year against a quality opponent. And in goes, uh, in goes Wessel, our big old center, uh, farm kid, tough. Just big and tough guy. And uh, fourth and two, direct snap to him. And it's just, we call it bear because it's just up the middle. And there was no question he's going to get us the two yards. We, you know, like we practiced yes. it. We put it in practice and it was fun. And uh, when it came time to execute in the game situation, everything fell in line exactly like what you're talking about with your quarterback. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that, and that to me is culture because it
2: enhanced one for you, it gave you faith like yep this is right it, it, that kid will never forget it and then other people around it that are in tune are like oh okay and they get it too and now all of a sudden again that starts rippling out and, and now your program is, is known a certain way your culture is a certain way and then you just kind of have to keep on top of it and keep it moving
1: well coach as, as, we, uh, as we close out today um, there's a thing that, that John, Torrey and I do and we ask every, this question every interview is uh, about our carrying trademark. I don't know if you're familiar with, with the carrying trademark, but it's what sets you apart, what makes you different from any coach uh, in America or in Washington. Uh, for Coach Torrey, it's his purple shoes and um, what he wears on game day. He wears purple shoes on game day for wrestling. Uh, for me, it's I write handwritten notes to my position group for every game, and then I wear a red shirt during track season, only on the two state championship days. Um, So for you, what would be your carrying trademark as a coach?
2: You know, outfit-wise, I wear wear Kelly Green pants. Our school colors are royal blue, Kelly Green, and and white. When I got here a decade ago, we wore blue and black. like Black was popular and stuff. And so I brought Kelly Green back by wearing, uh, for the first couple years, a green, old-school green pullover in the last few years. I wear blue shoes and green pants, and so it makes it easy for officials to find me. It makes it easy for my kids, who are the ball boys and girls, to find me. But I wear I wear Kelly green pants, and uh, that's kind of started a little thing in Southwest Washington, where now other coaches I wear red pants or orange pants or whatnot. So I am the uh, the one who started the color pant trend. Um, and then the other thing is, to be honest with you, I think it's that I most emotion- Like I probably cry more than most coaches. I, I literally I love the kids and I, I invest a ton i work uh, our staff works extremely hard but it's because we're so passionate and so i think when i was a younger maybe you say you want the kids but you probably say a lot of things but i still wanted to win maybe for myself but now i still want our kids to, to do things the right way and then have the rewards that come with doing things the right way mm-hmm. um, and so i get super emotional thinking about our kids and when they have successes I, I cry in half of my post game speeches just because I'm so proud um, of the work they put in, and then when they get the result that you hope that leads to, um, it's an awesome moment. So I'm probably the the green pant crying coach. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's fantastic, coach. I, and and I, I don't know if any, I don't know if anyone can match that. So I guess that's I mean, that's no, true. I don't think mean, we all we that, all prepare. That, that, all that makes
0: things. you unique.
1: Definitely. That makes
0: What's you unique I? for sure. Those two things. Yes. <laughs>
1: Coach, I've I'll tell you this. I've enjoyed listening to how your core core uh, covenants, the love, prepare and compete, and how you've taken to the top and you put on another level uh, of what it means. Uh, you know, I love the we talk we talk about total number of plays, but I like its total number of possessions. Uh, I took that away. Um, and that's gonna that's gonna be implemented for us because total number of plays. I mean, we well, can run a ton of plays, but how many possessions do yep. you have? Um, and then yep. the the heart and the hitter and the home run. Uh, I, that's probably gonna be stolen. And Coach Torrey can tell you if I say stolen, uh, I like it so much. Like I'm just gonna implement it. Yeah, I love it. Uh, I love it.
2: No, and I and I would always say anyone I do my talking. When, when you steal know, it, usually will make it better. So when you get to, a year down the road, send me a message back on how you enhanced it, what you did, so
1: I can, I can re-elevate ourselves again. <laughs> I will. Coach, this is... Uh... Yeah,
0: when we were said stolen, that's the highest compliment he gives. There's uh, nothing else comparable to that. And then I just want to touch real quick, Coach Um One of the things that I got out of our conversation at the clinic was yeah. how years ago, uh, T.O.P. used to stand for time of possession. And you yeah. changed that along with what you want to do offensively like where it used to be ball control run the clock be have more time in possession than the other team now it's all about the number of possessions and how many scores you get off that so i think that philosophical change has been huge and you've just done that for what's best for you and your team yeah i think that's the cool part of just
2: not being, I mean, you're rooted in things, right? And I guess that's where like, you know, let's prepare, compete. I can't see really ever changing. I mean, that's like who we are. But, yeah, I mean, not being afraid to change with whether, I mean, and in, in how I even coach schematically at this school versus how I coach. You know, at another school, if you have different personnel or, uh, you know, farm community versus suburban community, open enrollment, not open enrollment, et cetera. Um, but no, we had a metamorphosis where, you know, a decade ago, we were, uh, we probably ran 40 plays a game, you know, nice and slow. We wanted time of possession. We thought that's what it was. And then all of a sudden it's like, you know what? Our, our analytics says big plays and turnovers are the only thing that really matters. So. And if we're scoring, you know, like I said, fifty fifty four percent of the possessions, then do I wanna run eighty plays or do I wanna have twelve possessions? Right. You know, and so it just kinda of led us down a, a certain road that for us started making sense and fortunately the acronym worked itself out. Yeah. You know, maybe that was that was probably dumb luck, but it kinda of like, wait a minute, let's just change this from time of possession to total offensive possessions because that means we're taking the ball on defense and we're moving it on offense and you know if we've got 12 possessions and the other team has nine then we've got a greater chance to score you know and that was you know, John Wooden's big thing if I can remember up top of my head you know he went through steals and this out of the other and his thing was if, if you get four more possessions by winning rebounds and steals you get four more possessions and you score on half those possessions well, you just won the game
1: That's right. if all else is equal Yeah. And, and, and so
2: absolutely. for us yeah it was
1: yeah, I thought about this. Yeah. That when you know, we, we looked at it as a total total number of plays, uh, and Coach Davis looks at it as um, total uh, number of possessions for us because we, we play these teams and there's one team that we play and we like we want to slow it down. And fact of the matter is they're gonna get their points. They're gonna get their points. Yeah. So who we were hurting was us. We were limiting the time of the game by grinding it out taking eight minutes off the clock or six minutes off the clock yes. and then we'd punt well then they're yes. gonna score well you just wasted six minutes you know that yes. you can't get back in a game so that's a that's a fantastic way to look at it uh be on the you know we're we've turned from being more conservative to being more aggressive
2: yes yeah and that was kind of like who are you right when like that's kind of what we are now we are right or wrong you know we got too many uniforms and now we're going to have sweet door hammers on our helmet, mm-hmm. this side of the other. And we are like, what do you want to, what do you want that athlete to look like a mountain view? What's, you know, it's branding. i right? like you either tell your story or someone's going to tell the story for you. Mm-hmm. And so That's cool. your covenants, your, how you carry yourself, how you do your pregame, how you, that you're telling your story, you're branding your program. Um, and eventually if you don't do it. Someone else will, if you don't set your covenants and values, the program will just stumble into some that you might not agree with. And so it, it goes back to what we talked about, uh, the relationships with the kids and then being very intentional about your culture. You know, I think we're all very intentional with our scheme, right? Here's how you run a slant route. Here's how you run a post route. Here's how we block gap power, but how intentional are we um, with our covenants, with our values, how we treat our kids, how we talk to parents, um, you know, those types of things. And to, as I've gotten older, I think I always believed in them, but I didn't necessarily do them and as i've gotten probably more mature you start going okay no this is we get we really need to do this this is really how you invest in kids and how you build that relationship to a deeper level
0: well i appreciate what you've been building at mountain view uh really on on your whole coaching journey uh coach matheson uh, joining us in the classroom today coach matheson mountain view high school in vancouver washington and uh, I'm just a big believer in what you do, what you stand for, and I appreciate the ability to connect with you and then invite you into the classroom here so other people can benefit from what you're doing as well. So thank you so much for taking some time out of your day and helping us get better. Hey, really appreciate you guys and what you
2: do for, uh, for all the listeners and for what you do in your own program as well. But uh, hey, to the top to you
1: guys. Culture Classroom is supported by Lausanne and Learning, a nonprofit run by educators for educators, with a mission to engage students, empower teachers, and transform schools. Through professional development conferences focusing on active learning, practical resources, and reflective teaching, including fishbowl classrooms and a unique teacher-to-teacher consulting program, Lausanne and Learning is providing the authentic professional development your school needs. Visit them at lausannelearning.com today to find one of their active learning conferences near you and to learn more about changing education from the ground up.